Welcome to Exhibition, and Xbox podcast, episode number 74. My name is Samuel Adams, and on today's show, we are talking about the Xbox Series S once again being blamed for holding back this generation's games. Another developer has made some statements. We'll talk about them right here on the show. We also have Microsoft bringing an Xbox mobile game store to compete with Google Play and the Apple App Store. Will that be able to succeed, especially when platform holders control who sells stuff on their platforms? Discord is also getting easier to use on Xbox, and the October update has dropped for the consoles, and we have some more Game Pass games games to discuss. Lots to dig into on today's show, so without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into it. On last week's show, we talked about Gotham Knights being locked to 30 frames per second on consoles, and one skew of that conversation was that we saw Lee Devenold, a senior character technical artist at Rocksteady, claiming that the Xbox Series S is to blame for this generation's bottleneck, saying that the console was a potato, and posting a ton of tweets pretty much disparaging and tearing down the Xbox Series S. Now, those tweets have since been deleted, either because they drew a lot of heat, or maybe Rocksteady didn't want their employee throwing the console platform holder under the bus that sells the games they make both of which seem like reasonable assumptions. Uh, But now the conversation is back once again because VFX artist Ian McClure at Bossa Studios started to have a conversation with game journalist Jeff Gertzman, who, of course, is doing his own thing now. Shout out to Jeff. Loving the streams. Uh, But Jeff Gertzman tweeted and said, The whole Series S is holding back next-gen games argument seems really broken to me. Most of these games also come to PC and already have to cover a wide variety of configs. Like, go look at the Steam hardware survey sometime. Lots of older stuff with significant percentages. Then Ian McClure replied and said, It may sound broken, but the reason you are hearing it a lot right now is because many developers have been sitting in meetings for the past year desperately trying to get Series S launch requirements dropped. Studios have been through one development cycle where Series S turned out to be an albatross around the neck of production, and now the games are firmly being developed with new consoles in mind, teams do not want to repeat the process. So, that's where the conversation stands right now. Again, Ian McClure, a VFX artist at Bossa Studios, famous for games like I Am Fish, so we're not talking about stuff that is mind-bogglingly graphically intensive, Uh, but once again, a developer making this claim. And so now we have two. I'm sure there are others out there that make this claim as well. Uh, But I'm not somebody who has the hands-on experience to be able to make claims about development being impacted or not being impacted by a less graphically intense console. I'm just not in that position. And so I would love to ask you, do you think the Xbox Series S is holding back this generation. Because from my perception, I'm with Jeff Gertzman here, where even looking at the Gotham Knights minimum requirements for 60 FPS, 1080p on consoles, excuse me, on PCs, it stands to reason that with a couple of tweaks here, you could probably get that running on the Xbox Series S. Things are not too far off there. And so when you look at a game like Gotham Knights as well, and you see the performance of this game, I've been watching streamers with a 4090 and the newest CPU in their rigs struggling to run this game at 60 FPS with DLSS turned on and a ton of other stuff. 
it seems like Gotham Knights in particular is suffering from poor optimization more than anything. Now, I'm sure there is some credence to the cooperative nature, changing the processing power requirements for the game, all of that stuff. But it seems like Gotham Knights is generally poorly optimized. And so I would love to see how games continue to grow and evolve and how they maximize the use of the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. Because earlier this year, uh, Microsoft gave a small bump in power through an update to the Xbox Series S that frees up a little bit of memory for usage from the developers. So, is the Xbox Series S holding back next-gen games? Maybe, but I personally don't think that's the case. The UK's Competition and Markets Authority is continuing to dig into the acquisition of Activision Blizzard by Microsoft to make sure everything is on the up and up. And we have seen a lot of conversation around this over the past few weeks, with Jim Ryan flying in to make statements, reports that Phil Spencer is also back in the country to make statements, trying to get this deal to go through. But with these discussions have come a lot of filings from Microsoft sharing things about their plans for what is to come, sharing ideas about how they'll use this acquisition to their advantage. And one thing caught the eye of the media this week, where it looks like Xbox is making their own mobile storefront. They write in some filings, quote, Building on Activision Blizzard's existing communities of gamers, Xbox will seek to scale the Xbox store to mobile, attracting gamers to a new Xbox mobile platform. Shifting consumers away from the Google Play Store and App Store on mobile devices will, however, require a major shift in consumer behavior, end quote. So, what is going on here? Why is Xbox making a mobile storefront? Personally, I think it's going to make a lot of sense whenever you have Candy Crush on this mobile storefront. You can also bring Call of Duty Mobile into this mobile storefront, Diablo Immortal. You bring all of these games into one launcher. And then beside these big mobile games, you also have the Google Cloud stuff. You have an ultimate subscription ready and waiting. Maybe this is when we see the mobile exclusive cloud-based streaming uh, tier of Game Pass that could come. And you have, for let's say, five bucks a month, access to all of these big AAA titles. That could potentially from a gaming perspective, take on Google Play, take on the Apple App Store. That could potentially be the case. The question is, will that actually be able to happen on these platforms? Because Google and Apple seem highly unlikely to add a new storefront to their existing storefronts. That just doesn't make sense to welcome a Walmart into a Target uh, to have a little vestibule right there in the front. Just doesn't really add up to me. And so Xbox is being uh, very bold here, making this statement, being very bold, trying to get into this space. And I think the workaround that they have right now for cloud gaming is pretty impressive, especially on iPhone, where through Safari or Google Chrome, uh, you can boot up a game and play it from your iPhone, circumventing the entire process. So I could see maybe an Xbox mobile store coming to, let's say, Google, because they seem to be a little bit more open with their uh, Google Play store. But I would just be very interested to see how this works. Uh, From a hypothetical standpoint, though, bringing in the big Activision Blizzard mobile games, adding more over time uh, and being able to say, hey, we also have cloud gaming here as an accessory to the mobile gaming experience makes a lot of sense. So time will tell how this all pans out. But man, there is a ton of news coming from these CMA talks. Now we have some spoiler-free impressions of a couple of the year's biggest games, Modern Warfare 2's campaign and A Plague Tale Requiem. 
If you don't know, Modern Warfare 2 launches this week. It's one of the biggest launches of the year. And if you pre-order the game, you get access to the campaign a week early. Which as a side note, I absolutely love because when the game itself actually drops on the 28th, a lot of people are going to go directly into the multiplayer experience first because that's where their friends spend most of their time. They want to start grinding the skins, that kind of thing. It makes sense. And so being able to pre-order and get access to the campaign freed up that day one experience for me, and I have been able to play through and finish this campaign. It is up there with the best. It is easily a top three Call of Duty campaign, and my first takeaway is that there is a ton of gameplay variety. It's not just your traditional shooter each and every level like you would traditionally expect from an action game like a Call of Duty. So that's all I'll say. I'll leave it there. But the game itself is gorgeous. We're talking high frame rates, incredible textures. The gameplay is impeccable. Really, really impressed with what Activision Blizzard has put out. And as I played through Modern Warfare 2, I was streaming it live on TikTok and I couldn't help but think this is the reason that Microsoft is trying to acquire Activision Blizzard. Call of Duty has been on a downward trend for the past couple of years. Black Ops Cold War was fine. It's well and good. Vanguard, no one really thought that was the game that it was meant to be. It just didn't pan out for Vanguard, calling it what it is. This feels like it made up for the past couple of lackluster Call of Duty games in the best possible way. This is how you do a Call of Duty. So if you are a fan of Call of Duty, if you like first-person shooters, if you like military shooters in general, this is a game that you should absolutely at least check out some gameplay of, if not buy on day one. And if you wait for a sale, that's good too, because this campaign is going to be good for a very, very long time. It's up there with some of the best. I've also been playing a Plague Tale Requiem, and I want to make it incredibly clear, this is one of the best games that I have ever played. Visually speaking, it is stunning. We've been talking about it here on the channel because it is locked at 30 frames per second, as Gotham Knights was. It was kind of wrapped up in that conversation. That does not impact my experience whatsoever. As soon as I booted up this game and got back into this world and these characters' lives, I am right back in there where I was with the Plague Tale Innocence. The game is phenomenal. I literally have jaw-dropping moments looking at these landscapes, looking at the world that's been built. The textures are insane. The shadows are immaculate. And of course, on top of that, the writing is wonderful. This is a phenomenally built, designed, and implemented game. Now, do I wish that it was 60 frames per second? Sure, potentially. Uh, and I've never been one of these people, but 30 frames per second kind of does feel a little bit more cinematic. For this situation, I look at gameplay that's 60 FPS for the PC version of the game, and I think that makes it feel maybe a little bit gamier in a way. I don't know. Maybe it's just me putting on my console blinders. That very well could be the case. Uh, but I really have fallen in love with this game. I don't think about the frame rate. I don't think about performance at all because the game runs very well and it looks absolutely gorgeous. I mean, some of these uh, woody areas that we wander through throughout the game... I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I thought God of War 2018 looked good back on the PS4 Pro, and I'm sure Ragnarok is going to look great, but a Plague Tale Requiem gives every game that I've ever played a run for its money. And we were talking about the detail in Modern Warfare 2 a couple of seconds ago, but a Plague Tale is right up there with Modern Warfare 2. And for a AA studio to go head-to-head -head with a AAA studio in that way, 
it's it's incredible what they've done. So if you have Game Pass, you need to play a Plague Tale Requiem. You've got to check it out. If you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice. Period. End of story. We've got some great news. Discord will not need a phone anymore to connect via Xbox. This is a new feature that rolled out a couple of weeks ago where Discord is now integrated with Xbox at the console level where you can join and participate in voice calls on your Xbox. But the unfortunate side of this is that to join these calls, you do need a second device. You have to join from your mobile phone and then transfer the call over to your Xbox console. So it adds an additional step that makes the process feel clunky. Kind of like Nintendo voice chat in nature, where there is a way to chat with other Nintendo friends, but it's ultimately a phone call where you just join via your phone. It's not a great look for Nintendo, and this wasn't the best option for Microsoft either, but it was better than nothing, and it's cool for cross-platform games. Now, we know, thanks to The Verge's reporting, that Xbox insiders on the Alpha and Skip Ahead Alpha rings can start testing the changes today that allow you to browse all voice channels across all of the Discord servers you're in and join directly from your console. No more transferring calls, no more weird navigation on a mobile phone, that's just that simple. The only thing missing now... Tom Warren writes, is the ability to participate in Discord text channels from Xbox. It's not clear whether Microsoft and Discord will ever add this functionality, but it's at least the voice experience that is being greatly improved. For me, I don't really think we need the text side of it. That sure would be nice, but I think the voice channels is the core functionality here. And now, rather than having another device, you can just join up, have a good time, and participate in some calls. So again, that's out right now in the Alpha and Alpha Skip Ahead rings. But that's not all. We also have an Xbox October update that's out now, bringing a slew of improvements to your console and mobile experience, including a persistent search bar on the Xbox dashboard, so it's always there ready for your searches. TV audio control is now done through HDMI CEC, where you can control your TV audio directly from your console. You can mute the startup audio, which of course is the Xbox iconic console startup noise, but you don't have to do that anymore. You can turn that off if you're trying to, I don't know, play a game at 3 a.m. without waking the entire house up. That would be a big benefit for some. And additional quality of life improvements include the improvement of the setup experience for designating your home Xbox console, your tweaked naming and descriptions for Xbox power modes, and the changed name for the Xbox passkey to Xbox pin, so small tweaks there. Then we also have some on the mobile and PC side of things with game clip trimming from the Xbox mobile app now available. So you can trim off those ends and get exactly what you want before you share to Twitter or another social media platform of your choice. You can also share to Metal.tv with the Xbox Game Bar on PC. And Metal.tv is kind of a game clip editing service in its own right. So that's a new benefit there. And then we have controller firmware updates for all of the controllers in the lineup right now. So nothing monumental this month, but again, that Discord benefit that we saw is a big perk there. And I would also say that I think the small quality of life improvements like HDMI audio control and muting startup audio, things that the community has asked for, uh, those are all great to see being added slowly over time. As we all know, there are tons of games launching on Game Pass every single month, and this week brought some very big additions, with A Plague Town Requiem and Persona 5 Royal both landing on the service, alongside some Halloween-style games that are here just in time for the spooky season. Out now, we have A Plague Town Requiem on cloud console and PC, which was a day one launch with Game Pass, alongside Amnesia Collection, Amnesia Rebirth, and Phantom Abyss Game Preview, all of which hit on the 20th, 
including Soma, which is a very notable horror game, out on cloud console and PC. October the 21st also brought us Persona 5 Royal, which is a very, very popular award-winning RPG, primarily PlayStation-centric, but now we see them branching out and bringing these games over to Xbox, and not only bringing them to Xbox, but bringing them to Xbox Game Pass, which is always great to see. I've never played a Persona game, but this one I might have to give in and give it a shot, because again, it's on Game Pass, so why wouldn't I check it out? We also see coming on October the 27th, Frog Detective, The Entire Mystery, landing on PC, and Gunfire Reborn on Cloud Console and PC, along with Signalis, which is a day one release on Game Pass, hitting Cloud Console and PC as well. Xbox Touch Controls are also coming to two games, Slime Rancher 2 and Persona 5 Royal, that latter of which is very important, because as Xbox expands its footprint, uh, especially into Japan and that kind of region, uh, it would be great to be able to play Persona 5 Royal on the go. I think this is going to be a big draw for those that are looking forward to playing Persona on the go. I think that's going to be a big benefit there. We also have some games leaving Game Pass, including Alan Wake American Nightmare, Backbone, Second Extinction, Sniper Elite 4, The Forgotten City. Some big games leaving this month with more listed in the blog there. But again, out with the old, in with the new. It's a steady stream of games. That's the name of the game itself. Overall, great lineup of additions to the service. I've been loving A Plague Tale. Absolutely adore it. Uh, And it's the perfect example of a game where I look at it and I say, I would have bought this anyway, but the fact that it's included in Game Pass is a benefit to me. And a lot of people may have been on the fence about this one. So the ability to dive in without having to pay any additional money is always a benefit for Game Pass subscribers. So I think that's the perfect example. And I'll be doing the same thing with Persona 5, where again, It's included in the service, so why wouldn't I check it out? Great stuff there. Finally, to round out today's show, we have a celebratory post from Callisto the Game over on Twitter, who confirmed that the game has officially gone gold. At Callisto the Game writes, We are thrilled to announce that the Callisto Protocol has gone gold. On behalf of everyone at Striking Distance Studios, we thank you for your support and excitement. We can't wait for you to face the horrors waiting in Black Iron Prison on December the 2nd. This is my most anticipated game of the year, hands down. And I'm going to be real with you. I thought it'd get delayed. I totally thought that it would be another victim of the COVID era where this game has been developed over the past few years, where there's been a lot of fluctuation in the way that people build games at home, in the office, hybrid, whatever it might be. It's definitely thrown off a lot of big games. But this one is hitting its deadline. December the 2nd is good to go. And I absolutely cannot wait I've been looking forward to this game for a long time, and this one is high on my list of games that I am ready and waiting to play. So December the 2nd, I'm penciling it in on my calendar. I'm putting in my PTO. We're making it happen. I'm ready to get to Black Iron Prison. But that rounds out this week's episode of Exhibition, an Xbox podcast. If you enjoy the show and you're new here, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow me over on TikTok. I'm posting stuff and streaming throughout the week, so there's always some new content ready and waiting for you. But for those that have been sticking around, hanging out, supporting the content, I really, really appreciate it. This year has been absolutely insane, and it's only going up from here. But until next week, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon, and keep on playing.